Playing Guilty, episode 17. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Bert Albertza. I think I said that right. We'll have him double check that when I bring him on here in a second. Bert and I met for the first time a month ago. We were in Miami at our corporate meetings. Bert is the president of Jabs Boxing. Jabs Boxing and my company, Metabolic, are essentially teammates under the Z Growth Partners umbrella. Z Growth is part private equity and part consulting company. Not only do they make strategic financial investments in younger franchise concepts, but they also provide support in franchise sales and operations. Most importantly, they are backed by a team that has years of experience in franchising. What's great about the today is Bert and I get to discuss different visions under one umbrella, different messaging under one umbrella, and how they can coexist and how they can both thrive. So I'm very excited about today's conversation. Here we go. All right, I'm here with Bert today. Hey, Bert, help me out and pronounce your full name. <laughs> Brendan, hi. Thanks for having me. Um, so in Afrikaans, which is my home language, uh, you'd say Bert is Albert, sir. Nice. But in the U.S., you can call me Bertis or Bert for short, and Albert, sir, is my surname. Nice, nice. Okay, so I, I actually introduced um, our teammates, Z Growth Partners, in the um, – the intro to this. Um, so I gave some context there. I'm really excited about the conversation we may be able to have today. And the reason I said I say this is I think the two of us sit in a unique position to mm-hmm. kind of discuss two different brands under one mm-hmm. umbrella, different core customers, different messaging, but just the fact that they can both exist, they can coexist. There's opportunities for both. There are angles for both, and there are benefits for both. So it's just a unique place to be, you know. So I'm excited to see where this uh, where this goes. But as always, like every podcast, and I, I'm sure you're bored of your own story, but I do have to ask you if you could <laughs> if you could give me a basic introduction, um, your upbringing, mm-hmm. maybe athletic or training background, and most importantly, the fitness journey that brought you to the United States. Oh, fantastic, Brendan. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. And, you know, I'm excited to share my story. Um, You know, I've learned how much strength there is in sharing some of the things you've gone through and hopefully giving some people encouragement and motivation for their own journey, right? So um, I'm sure, as you can hear from my accent, uh, not born and raised in the U.S. Uh, I come from a, a country called South Africa, a city called Cape Town. Um, I was actually born in um, a, a town called Sasselberg, which they produce oil and gas for essentially the entire South Africa. And my grandfather used to take his bicycle from a town called Paris, not to be confused for Paris. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he used to cycle around like three hours just to get there. So he essentially really built it from the ground up which is like the biggest refinery in the country. My mother then moved us down to the west coast of South Africa to a very small like fishing town called Friedenburg, where I went to primary <coughs> school. Um, I was always like 
big into rugby, right? Like South Africa is a big rugby nation, three-time world champion. Uh, actually, the, the we, I think we hold the most world championships in rugby. Um, so you can only imagine I started playing rugby before I was even in school. Wow. And that's really also where my, I think my fitness journey started because rugby is really physical. I mean, as you grow older, when I went to high school, I got a bursary uh, to go to a, a school called Jan Fruibiek which is a real Afrikaans school. So Afrikaans is my primary language. And, um, you know, I got a bursary there for athletics and academics. Um, I started trying doing weightlifting um, in my boarding school. They, they converted one of the dorm rooms into a gym. And I must tell you, it must be like a, maybe 400 square feet, nothing bigger, right? Like a couple of benches, a squat rack, weights. And when I was 14, I got hooked on gymming. Um, and I've got a bit of an OCD, right? My, my mom had terrible OCD. And when I say OCD, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, you'd hear the tumble dry going on. You're like, why doing washing this time of the morning, right? So, you know, so I, I think you know, my friends used to visit me at home and they used to be like, um, my mom, first thing she would say is, listen, you don't sit on your bed. And I was like, okay, we'll sit on the floor because, you know, it will wrinkle the curtain or wrinkle the duvet, right? So um, I think the reason I mentioned that is I took a lot of that kind of OCD mentality into my training. So when I started when I was 14, I mean, I was obsessed. Like I trained seven days a week. I overtrained because it was athletics in the morning. Um, I did long distance running. I used to be an 800 meter athlete and a 1500 meter athlete. Uh, then I did rugby practice off the school. Then I did weightlifting at the gym. And um, that's kind of how my fitness journey started. Wow. Um, and then I think from there, what happened, it was really interesting. I took a gap year off the school and I went to London for the first part of it and the second part of it to Argentina. And I was playing some rugby in Argentina. But the first part in London was interesting because I was looking for a job. Um, I would never forget super interesting stories. So like I'm on Gumtree finding a job um, as you do in London. I was living in East Leighton on the east of London. And, um, you know, I was looking for like something that was like weird ads saying like semi-professionals, professional athletes wanted for like performance testing or whatever. I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. And I just popped my name in there. And a couple of days later, this French guy calls me up and he's like, hey, listen, so I've got some questions for you. I was like, oh, what is this relating to? He's like, oh, you, you, you entered this ad. And I was like, oh, yes, I remember. And he asked me some questions about like my body weight and how much I squat and bench press, etc. And what ended up happening is I went for this fitness interview where effectively you pick up people on your back, like piggybacking them, and you do like this entire boot camp workout with them on your back. And they essentially record like every step you take. And we used to go like in the exit, uh, uh, you know, stairway of big buildings and you had to walk with the person like eight stories up and down, up and down, do squats on each level and push-ups, and you can never put them down. That's the one rule. Wow. The moment you pick the person up, you can't put them down. It's an hour workout. And they effectively track your fitness, right? And and I got into like a short list of the first 140 guys, and then eventually under the top five, and I actually dropped out under the top five because I was a little bit lighter. I was like 19. I think I weighed maybe like 170 pounds. Um, so I was like really light, long-distance athlete. So I was one of the few guys who could really run with these people on my back. So I could run because of the momentum once you put the weight forward um, and I could run forever. But my upper body strength was weak. So when I was doing push-ups, my failure rate was like first set, I could do like 25 reps. And then from there on, it's like fatigue. If they put me down again, I can't even do one rep. Um, but yeah, so interesting. And from that, obviously, uh, when I went to university, I went to University of Stellenbosch. Um, 
which uh, is effectively like the Harvard of South Africa. Um, I, I did a bachelor's in science, human life sciences and psychology. Uh, I have a major um, in four majors, actually, biochemistry, physiology, genetics and psychology as an extra major. Um, I have some credits outstanding because interesting story. And this is uh, interesting because um, my girlfriend at the time felt pregnant while I was in university. Okay. And I ended up drop it, dropping out in my final year because I, I had a family to look after, man. And um, as, as God had it, um, you know, when I was in my first year, luckily I started selling some supplements in the um, university pharmacy on campus. And the campus, it was called like Nielsen Pharmacy, which is the student center. And I was like, why don't you guys sell sports supplements? This is a massive sports university and sports supplements was huge back in 28, 29. So it was kind of early in South Africa. And, you know, my first year I sold some supplements out of there. And obviously, because of my passion for fitness, my love of using sports supplementation myself, like your proteins, your creatines, your glutamines, all of those things. And um, ultimately, the second year, what happened is I was like, well, I have all the clients. I've got all the suppliers. Why don't I just do this for myself? So I effectively started my own business in the second year of university to, with two of my friends friends and we eventually had like 11 of these supplement stores called Stellenbosch Nutrition uh, which was this, this the town's name was Stellenbosch uh, the University of Stellenbosch and we had them all over the place and um, by the way we failed miserably a couple of years later because we scaled too quickly we didn't have any systems or processes um, but what we knew is like People love doing what we're doing. We're passionate about it and people connect with that. And, um, you know, that was a good learning curve for me. And I pivoted into running into this technology out of Germany, which is this electro muscle stimulation technology that shocks your body. And um, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like it controls all the muscle recruitment, and no matter how experienced you are or motivated you are. Uh, but I knew people aren't going to buy this for their house, right? It's like a $20,000 equipment. Yeah. And I literally bought it and I was like, listen, I know people would love this. And I was, but I knew it's going to be a service business, right? It's going to be like, you've got to give people personal training on this equipment. So I started in my living room, literally not knowing anything what I want to do. I didn't know, my, I didn't do any market research. I didn't have any price points that I've determined. I was just passionate, man. And I was training my friends and family. And then one of my friends said to me one day, because I was putting my motor bicycle out of my living room, oh, sorry, out of my garage, because that's the only area I could train them. And he's like, listen, Bert, I've got an office down the road. Like it's empty. If you want to go check it out, maybe even turn it into like a, fitness studio or something and uh, that same day i went to look at it as like had a boardroom i turned that into the training room it had a lobby i was like oh, that's perfect Let's get a bathroom where people can get dressed and it was like 500 square feet super small but that was me starting my business right super excited and a year later in 2013 i franchised that concept because i had so many people asking me you know, how can I do what you do? I love this. Um, and obviously franchising is such a great scaling or growth strategy. Um, if the independent people want to, you know, represent your brand and use your system um, and be an extension of you, right? So that was really the first time I came into franchising. And then in 2015, you know, and I, I was always looking abroad saying, well, South Africa is such a small country. We've got like 50 million people of which like, uh, we don't have a middle class. There's obviously massive inequality in our country due to apartheid. And I don't want to go too much into politics, I guess, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite it's quite a thing. But you know, the US is the Olympics of economies. So I, I came here, literally packed the device in my bag. I flew here in 2015 with a questionnaire. Um, came to South Florida. I was like, listen, 
I'm going to train everyone I meet. So I was training my Uber drivers. I was training my Airbnb hosts. Um, and I just wanted to find someone who said, Bert, like, I love this. I'd love to partner with you and open the first studio in the US. Um, and as it happens, it never happened like that. Like, everyone loved, they were blown away. And they're like, why isn't it not here yet? I was like, yeah, that's why I'm here. I'm like, I can't believe it as well, right? Um, and um, I went back home. And in 2016, a mate calls me up. He's like, Bert, listen, I need money. I think in Colorado, we just got legalized and he wanted to buy like a farm, right? He needed like a million dollars. I was like, that's crazy. I don't have that money. I said, why don't you rather partner with me and we open my first studio, right? And you can help me franchise this business in the US. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. In 2017, um, we opened in our first location in Fort Lauderdale, uh, area called Wilton Manors. And yeah, I mean, I ended up building that business and I actually sold and my shares in that master franchise back in 2019 and um, kind of segue to where my involvement came in with jabs because I met Rick yeah. uh, who was obviously the CEO um, and shareholder of um, jabs and metabolic and um, you know I kind of got in touch with them then they looked at my brand at the time and you know they reached out to me last year and said listen Bert we love dealing with you at the time um it was a pity we couldn't do business because you just sold but you know what we think there's a great opportunity we have this great brand uh we think you could be a great match why don't you come down and try it out and you know let's talk and you know I guess that's how I arrived here so let's do this because this is so how old are you today Bert (laughs) 33 33 wow so Became a dad at age what? 21. 21. Okay. Yep. Then the supplement uh, the supplement gig, what age was that? That was 20. That was so before 20. becoming a dad. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then the electro, what was that called? The, like, the electro stimulus kind of? Uh, yeah. What was electro that? Electro muscle stimulation. It's, uh, I was, apologies, I've got a cough. <clears throat> Yeah, so um, 2013, I must have been, so that's what, nine years ago? So I must have been 20, sorry, that's my math is failing me. Oh, you're 22 good. To, to 23, I believe. And then the, I started. The, and then the big yeah. move was 2015. Correct. So 2015, when I was, uh, what was that, 26, 25, okay. 26. Nice. And then I sold that business when I was 29, turning 30. And um, yeah, fast forward, I guess, to 2022. Uh, what's exciting about it, I must say this, is the U.S. market for fitness yeah. is bigger than the rest of the world combined oh, yeah. in terms of the market capitalization. So this is the place to be. So I, I must say I was quite regretful selling because I was like, oh, I took myself off the field. Sure. Right. And I can't play this awesome game that I love, which is growing a brand and working on an exciting venture. You know, So, so happy to be here and also happy to be part of like – I feel almost part of metabolic. And I guess if it's okay with you, Brendan, can I ask you, like, because the one thing I admire so much is like all the structure that you guys have, even the, the abbreviation of MAD, like representing the different styles of workouts that you guys offer. Sure. Can you tell me a little bit about that evolution and kind of how did you end up developing it? Yeah, well, I mean, my, I think your story is a little bit more interesting from jumping around and, and experiencing a little bit of everything. You know, it's it's really cool to just see, especially just the age you did it at was wild. Um, I grew up in Canada, uh, so I was I chased that very common Canadian dream to one day play in the National Hockey League, and 
I got mm-hmm. very close. Um, yeah, I always joke about I was able to have a cup of coffee with the New York Islanders before uh, <laughs> <laughs> before having a career-ending concussion. Um, that kind of forced a oh, how would I? It, it was like a non-negotiable career pivot at that point. But to a degree, it was somewhat of a it was somewhat of a lateral move. And and what I mean. Um, is fitness. Uh, the arena we play in today was was a huge part of my hockey career. So I I was a gifted hockey player. I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to say that, but uh, not say that, but when you get to a certain level, everybody is gifted and that at that top oh. level, you know, I was very average. Um so I had to use fitness as my equalizer. Um Like, I leverage fitness to stay relevant, if that makes any sense, um, on the ice. Um, It was the one thing I could control. It was the one thing that I excelled at. So, Mm -hmm. I guess on paper, um, an attempt at fitness uh, as a career wasn't too far of a stretch. And I had some experience working with athletes in my off-season. What I used to do was I would supplement my income in the off season, uh, I, I bartend <laughs> in the, e- <laughs> in the evenings. And then, uh, in the daytime I trained myself and that eventually turned into training other teammates and players. And a few years later I began to write kind of summer training programs for amateur collegiate and professional players. Yeah. And it was, you know, that OCD thing you talked about, like I was so obsessed with finding that edge because the only thing I had on players that I might've been playing against was, was that off ice edge. Um, (laughs) and in that same, uh, career ending year, Mm -hmm. I met my soulmate, uh, my business partner, Kirk DeWall. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I've never heard someone call their business partner their soulmate. Yeah, That's funny. I mean, not only was he a good dude, but the way he approached uh, the game the same way I did, I was drawn to him because of this. And you know, together we decided to make a dent or try to make a dent in this in this fitness game. Um, but it's kind of wild. Like I was thinking about this. I'm about to turn 41 in a couple weeks, and. I've really somewhat been doing this since I was 21. So like 20 fucking years. Um, it's a it's, lifetime. Bitch. Yeah, Wait, what, did you say your birthday's coming up? Mine is on the March 29th. Mine's March 5th. So there you go. We're close. Crazy. Yours is the day after my daughter's birthday. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. Are you a Pisces? Uh, Aries. Okay. Fire. So, so uh, there we go. Not that I pay too much attention to that, but still, figured I'd throw it out there. Um, <laughs> as far as getting into the development of metabolic, um, there was a major gap in the fitness industry, and it's somewhat mm-hmm. is it's somewhat still there. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of have sports performance or the sport mm-hmm. of fitness, and then you somewhat have a lot of. Um, boot camp style conditioning products, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that's gotten even bigger with the rise of uh, boutique fitness. And we always, my partner and I always thought there was this opportunity in the middle that was somewhat of a everyday kind of high achievers or people past their sport that, that wanted to age a specific way. Right, so they valued structure, they valued strength, and they really prioritized accountability mm-hmm. in that side of things. So, 
we just set out to build something and you know after a 10 year grind of tweaking um you know we have a living breathing thing that we call metabolic that seems to have found a nice little home um in this giant industry like you said Amazing. And I must say this, I mean, you guys got something right. Um, metabolic, what I love about the workout, and again, you know, this was, um, I was sore for days. And I would say this about boutique fitness, a lot of it's fun, a lot of it's engaging, but not all of it is for someone who pushes themselves like, I wouldn't say professional athletes, but people who's trained for their entire lives. Mm-hmm. There's not always a space for those people, unless you go do CrossFit, for example. I mean, that could be challenging. Right, because oh, someone's sure. trained a long time, and you guys have managed, in my assessment of it, like to almost make it take what you get from CrossFit and make it more accessible and more boutique. And again, I don't want to kind of give give it a definition that it's not. So I do apologize, but that's almost the best way that I could explain it. It's like that accessibility, but yet you're still challenged from a strength and conditioning perspective, yeah. as if you know, you're doing like extreme fitness, which yeah, is you know what's uncommon for boutique. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting. I think, um, <clears throat> I think the origins of CrossFit, which, you know, I'm, I can actually speak to this, you know, I experimented with it as early as 2005 to kind of put that in mm-hmm. perspective. And we actually owned CrossFit gyms at a point, um, in the, in 2007, eight, nine kind of era before we saw this whole, And one of the beautiful things I think CrossFit did early on was it reintroduced the world to true athletic training and and making weightlifting, um, I don't want to say uh, uh, approachable, but but making it more common uh, for your everyday Mm -hmm. person. Now, like anything, we all get better, right? So where I think Mm -hmm. uh, CrossFit was the biggest disruptor, it also taught us a few things of... um, if you want to do something with a little bit more scalability and longevity attached to it, how you may look yeah. at it a little bit different. Um, so it's interesting, right? I believe we are like now metabolic early on, let's say this funny enough mm-hmm. early on, there was a comparison to CrossFit um, because I think of their success, but mm-hmm. now the pendulum has really swung how we always do it completely in the other direction where CrossFit has a very, very powerful um, community and they have a very loud bark, but they have a very small mm-hmm. kind of bite in our industry. I think you would, mm-hmm. you would agree to that. Mm-hmm. And, and the big, mm-hmm. the big brands and the, and the, the people that, you know, we, we chase and the people we see what is possible, the F45s, uh, the exponential fitness brands of the world, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's weird that now metabolic seems to be offering that um, strength option. That is a much more, uh, and this is me, obviously, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about my, my own <laughs> brand, so that I think is a lot more accessible and approachable for people that want to mm. age powerfully and vibrantly, not just in their mm. 20s and 30s, but into their 50s. Mm. So I think that's a, a cool way. So I like, I know who we're targeting and we can get into that. But when you think of boutique fitness, let's just say mm. boutique fitness was a giant consumer. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what would you say? jabs um brings to this consumer what is what is the um you know what is different about jabs so i'd love you to 
introduce what Jabs is uh, for the listeners, uh-huh. and then what do you think you bring to this uh, crowded industry? That's a great question, Brendan. And I, I think that's what's so exciting about Jabs Boxing. I mean, the name says it all, right? It's really about gritty boxing meets, meets luxury boutique fitness, which I don't think is out there really, where you can combine boxing with high intensity training and incorporating cardio based workouts um, all in one, right? So uh, I think what's unique about us is we've got a signature ring, which is essentially a 20 station circuit. But between every station where you know yes we've got a ring that's got bags you never fight with someone you know so we don't develop fighters we develop fitness and i think with the rise of popularity in the ufc it's become and i I mentioned the ufc only because it's such a fast-growing sport right and i'm not saying jabs boxing developed fighters necessarily but all the fans out there that they're looking for an expression of their passion for that sport and what better way than training like them right like getting to hit a bag getting to learn some technique getting to understand how to jab how to cross how to punch how to uppercut right so we've got all different styles of bags which is essentially mounted around our signature ring and we do cardio blasts in between each station so you'd be 45 seconds at each station and in between a 25 second cardio blast and effectively you're doing that 20 stations twice so it's an hour circuit workout incorporating boxing, cardio, and this is what's quite unique. And I think this is where we, I guess, have some similarity in the fact that we do offer some strength element to that. So yes, there are some stations dedicated to developing your conditioning and your strength, although the primary, the pr- primarily the workout is based around cardiovascular exercises and boxing as the foundation and the heart of the workout. So, and I think that's what makes it exciting, right? And we're currently in R&D with some interesting technology that will help us actually track all your activity, like all the punches you throw, not just the quantity of the punches, but also the speed and force of the punch. And we're able to gamify that by putting that on a leadership board. And um, that way really to gamify and quantify the workout in a way where you can compete against yourself, you can compete against someone else in the class, you can compete, for example, in corporate wellness. You might want to come and say, you know, two cells team compete against each other and every punch you throw goes towards your team score, right? And that's quite an exciting development. Um, we're in beta testing at the moment. We're struggling with some connectivity issues. But if we sort all of that out, we're quite excited. And I would say, imagine Orange Theory meets boxing, right? Like, like cool. that, I would say, speaks speaks to where we're going, right? And I also like like the fact that Jabs Boxing, you know, the workout itself is already gamified because, you know, you, you're throwing punches and you're kicking bags and you're breaking a sweat, right? But you're not really thinking about the workout. You're more thinking about, like, the fact that you're getting to, you know, punch something, kick something, um, instead of taking your mind off of that, like, oh, I'm tired, I'm fatigued, or I'm bored, right? Which happens a lot in workouts. That's quite repetitive. We have over 200 variations, right? So in other words, although you've got the, 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 the signature ring that has specific stations, every workout is different. And there's so many modifications and amplifications that we can do to, to kind of fit the needs of the specific individual. Um, so I think there's this misconception sometimes when you hear jazz boxing, you might go, oh, well, this is for fighters or for boxers. Sure. Not at all. This is boutique fitness meets uh, gritty boxing, um, and I think that's the space we want to own. Okay, that's that's a good way to look at it. I'm a huge UFC fan, so that you know makes a lot of sense to me. I, I agree. I think it will be the biggest sport um, in the next ten mm-hmm. to twenty years, or it will have the biggest growth of 
popular sports. I think they got a, a lot of room to go. What about just the people you would be forced into a conversation with? And I imagine it's got to be rumble, title boxing, um, mm-hmm. nine round maybe. Like if you had yep. to put your stamp down of where you distinguish yourself against more of true boxing concepts, what would that be, you think? I think you touched on all of them. All of them. Nine rounds, Rumble. Uh, the other one that you might not have mentioned is Mayweather. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and, and again, you know, I think Metabolic has done this very well. And, and I would say this as a compliment to you guys, not just because we are essentially um, family or under the same family, but, yeah. you know, we don't really look at other people in terms of developing our own offering. You know, we want it to be unique. And I, I do think that sometimes looking at competition doesn't really you know, you could never uh, copy someone's sustainable competitive advantage, especially when it comes to a service business, right? It's really the culture and the heart of the brand that is expressed through the workout experience. Mm-hmm. And um, that we want to have a unique jabs flavor. Um, so I always say, you know, if you're, doing, if you're not doing something right, uh, if you're doing something right, people will follow you. They will copy you. And, you know, so we don't mind that there's copiers out there. We don't mind that there's other boxer size um, type of concepts out there because we believe we're really unique in this space. Um, I mean, first of all, none of them have our signature ring, you know, and uh, none of them incorporate hits necessarily with the boxing either. Um, so I think that's what makes us stand out a little bit. Although, again, you know, those are all brands that I respect and, you know, I admire what they've achieved. And, you know, for us being kind of a, in an exponential growth phase um, and a last fast mover, we have that opportunity to do things differently, right? And I love that. I love that, that we can, you know, not try and copy what other people are doing, but really define our own little space in this world. And, you know, sometimes people say niche is not good. In my opinion, niche is really good. And I think Metabolic knows this too. You guys have a very interesting and different way of doing things. And that niche has created your own little world, which attracts people who want to be a part of that. You know, if you're trying to be for everyone, then you end up becoming for no one. And I think that's the thing about boutique fitness, right? I think I definitely want to expand upon that. Um, Because I do think... Uh, I think this big happy fitness family um, is some sometimes a little bit bullshit. I get where it's coming that we're all in this same fight together. Um, so mm-hmm. I think this is where we can dive into the fun part uh, of the conversation. So we discussed um, we're under the Z Growth Partners umbrella. Um, and mm-hmm. I think us being able to kind of dig into the two different messages here and, and kind of owning those and, and, and even supporting them, I think would be a very cool thing to do between the two of us. You know, the one thing mm-hmm. I absolutely love, um, is the, is the, uh, I guess you would call it the tagline, come as you are, leave stronger, mm-hmm. come as you are, leave stronger. So very approachable, very inclusive. Mm-hmm. Almost mm-hmm. uh, the complete opposite of what we are told we are not uh, all the time. But guess what? That's okay. So to help mm-hmm. kind of like start this conversation, to kind of stoke this back and forth, I think I'm going to position our two taglines against one another. So let's say jabs, come mm-hmm. as you are, leave stronger. And mm-hmm. metabolic, we have um, – a couple zingers. Um, one that I think will work well here is expect a new standard for the high achieving fitness enthusiast. So, nice. you know, I'd really love to talk about 
how two versions can offer opportunity, how mm-hmm. two opposing thoughts make sense and how they can mm-hmm. coexist. So, and mm-hmm. shit, showing how like colliding messages are okay. Mm-hmm. So let me start here. Um, is it clear who Jabs is and who they are not? That's an interesting question because the brand has evolved so much over the last years, especially since we launched our rebrand last year. Jabs originated initially as a boxing fitness concept for women. Um, and we went co-ed, which was really exciting because we had so much demand from those women saying, listen, my husband, my brother, my partner wants to come and try this out. And, you know, we were almost forced to, over time, open ourselves up to incorporate that co-ed offering. So I guess initially, you know, it was really focused on empowering women in fitness, which absolutely it still is, right? Petite fitness, um, in my experience at least, is still majority female versus male and and that's quite interesting in itself isn't it i think that split is probably changing a little bit over time so this is a very broad generalization but we do find that people that tend to you know haven't trained for a long time um let's say you're a mother um or a father you know you you started the corporate rat race and you've kind of let go of your health and your wellness and you've had kids right and you're like how do i get back into fitness mm-hmm. without number one hurting myself Number two, what could I commit to that is fun, right? And that I don't end up being burnt out. And number three, what is accessible to me? Like, what is something that I feel will give me the results I need um, in the time that I have? And I, I really believe Jabs really speaks to that. So you'll find like, our clientele is quite a mature clientele, right? And this, I would say this contrasts a little bit metabolic. One, one thing I would say in going to one of your classes is like, I was so impressed with the youth that's incorporated into your boutique fitness offering because you know boutique fitness in my experience you know has always been for that kind of executive someone who's you know maybe mid-30s mid-40s and older potentially um and again very broad generalization but uh, that still holds very true for jabs boxing well yeah you know so and these i mean generalization i i can understand where you know you're being kind uh kind of tiptoeing towards me but these are real generalizations if you were to look at mm-hmm. boutique fitness um mm-hmm. you're going to find a lot of over 40 and a lot mm-hmm. of under 25 uh largely mm-hmm. dominated by female sometimes as high mm-hmm. as 90 10 um mm-hmm. so it's a generalization but it's also a fact um <laughs> but here's, that's probably why it is a generalization yeah and you know the other the other thing i would say too is so if i was to label my like so okay so when you you kind of called out who um i guess who we are so if i was to say and i'm gonna make a generalization because we all mm-hmm. we obviously have outliers too but if i was to say mm-hmm. my target demographic is the 25 to 45 year old um, high achiever, go getter who values mm-hmm. uh, strength structure and accountability, and they really value professionalism. Mm-hmm. But above all, they really demand results. How would you label mm. Jab's core customer? Yeah, I, w- I would say in terms of uh, age age demographic, very similar. Um, again, more like thirty to fifty okay. in terms of the age bracket. Um, again, there's there's plenty of outliers. Someone who wants to do something different. Someone who's perhaps done boutique fitness and still does the likes of Orange Theory, the likes of F45 or the likes of Metabolic, but they want to complement that with something where they learn a new skill. 
right? And end up saying, okay, well, this is interesting because I've, you know, I feel like this is an expression of my body being able to learn to punch, being able to learn to kick. So I'm developing skill while getting fit and doing cardio and strength at the same time. I think that's really the client we speak to is a client that's really never done something like uh, boxing or kicking or punching or, yeah, and that's quite unique. We get it a lot. People are like, oh, wait a moment. I, I don't know how to punch. Think I might hurt my wrist. I don't even know how to stand, right? And we take the time to make sure that the form and function is correct. It's not just a matter of, oh, you come in to break a sweat. For us, it's really important that the quality of your, um, I guess, the skill you develop, which is how to throw a proper punch. Yeah. Um, that's, impo- that's important to us. So I think that's what makes it different. That's, I think, where the real nuance comes in for jabs boxing. Okay. And when you zero in on some of those pretty common and defined archetypes of that type of client. So you labeled the, um, the executive looking to get back or the, Mm. the, the, the mother learning to reclaim her youth. Um, because I, I, I do believe like, and I'll say this, uh, I think the jabs market and availability of consumers is a much bigger market than the metabolic consumer. I do not mind saying that whatsoever. I think uh, talking about, you said having a Mm -hmm. niche is is an okay thing. So Mm -hmm. what do you have to consider when Mm -hmm. kind of prioritizing that core customer or archetype? Like what is important to that Mm. person? Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's a fantastic question and and, and one which makes me think quite a bit about it. I, I would say the biggest thing is connection. Okay. Connection. You know, it's like people come to Jabs Boxing because they feel connected to the other members. They feel connected to the coaches. Um, and that connection is kind of what we built everything around. So when we, even like we were speaking about this gamification of tracking the punches, the speed and the force of it, right? That is also part of that connection community that we're building. You know, how do you connect not just with your coach, not just with your client, but with yourself? How do you connect today's result with last week's results. Uh, How do you connect where you started to where you are today and where you want to go? And you can't really do that unless you do some progress monitoring. So we really kind of govern ourselves by the vision of how do we create connection and increase their connection with the workout, the connection with the brand, and ultimately that increases the stickiness of the workout, the ability for the client to come back. And I mean, the interesting thing you'll find with jabs, and I mean, we could speak all day about metrics because I know you guys love it as much as we do, but I mean, the average length of engagement of a jabs member is 600 days. Oh, wow. Which is good. actually pretty incredible, right? Yep. Like, so people love the brand. Like once they've tried it, they, they tend to stay for a very long time. And as you and I know, clients don't live forever because people find something else, they get bored, um, you know, they might try to get fit, but they weren't that committed, so they didn't come and they didn't arrive, they didn't push themselves, and therefore, you know, they might cancel or move on to something else. And the one thing with Jabs Boxing is like retention is incredibly, incredibly good within our network. And, and that's something I would say, and, and that speaks for that connection, that speaks for that workout and that experience. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, um, that's one of the things I like to brag about. Um, the most recent, we've done our numbers um, with Metabolic. We have noticed that, or we've quantified that, about 72 
72% of our membership system-wide are on an unlimited membership. And they, yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is they uh, their tenureship with us is between two and three years. So kind of following that same, which is, okay. which you know, and I know, mm-hmm. it's unheard of in boutique fitness. So um, mm-hmm. it sounds like... Um, you guys are doing something that's very sticky. Here's here's something I hope. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for me. Let me just say this. I'm doing this <laughs> for me, but I'm able to lean on you to kind of support, which often doesn't mm-hmm. come off. Um, it doesn't come off soft when you're putting it to paper. And it obviously comes off as this is the founder. Obviously, he thinks this way. But I'm wondering the fact that you can represent – and uh, the fact that you represent and support a brand that is uh, inclusive and approachable, right? Mm-hmm. And I said oftentimes, you know, this is what people say, you know, you guys need to be more approachable in this. And, and one, of, one of my biggest kind of, fuck it, I'm just going with it. One of my biggest rubs in the fitness industry is that <laughs> because we are in fitness, we are not mm-hmm. in competition, right? Mm-hmm. Um you always hear these things, oh, we're all in it together. The goal is to get people moving. And I, you know, I, I get this is the politically correct and commonplace thing to say, <laughs> but we are in business against one another. Um, you talked about title boxing, mm-hmm. nine rounds, and Rumble. Mm-hmm. They are your competitors. Um, mm-hmm. Where I sit in my office today, I can throw a rock um, and hit F45. I can hit Orange Theory. I can hit Barry's Boot Camp, um, Rock Box, ISI, Nine Round, Cycle Bar, Eat the Frog, Multiple CrossFits, and Soul Cycle and Rumble Boxing are all within a couple of miles of where I sit. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that we are in the same industry, and I acknowledge mm-hmm. that we are fighting a similar fight. But Nate, make no mistake, I, I'm not here for a, a shared participation trophy. Um, <laughs> Like if there, if there was a fitness um, Oscars, I, I want to win. I, I want to win mm-hmm. best pitcher. Um, <laughs> and most importantly, I want there to be no mistake that we are the best strength and conditioning program mm-hmm. with the best training team in every market that we're in. And Mm -hmm. as I say this out loud, I know for a fact I am offending someone listening right now. (laughs) And I am saying, don't worry because I'm not marketing towards you. You are not my core customer. My core customer (laughs) is the 25 to 45 year old high achiever who values professionalism and demands results. Mm -hmm. So why can I not say that? I don't think there's a, you know, the reason why is because we unfortunately in the age of people getting offended by other people expressing some of their constitutional rights, which is the freedom of speech. <laughs> so as, as you know, this is, I guess, more of a political topic, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, and this is something I must say metabolic does right for me. It's like a no nonsense. We don't really care what you think. And if that resonates with you, then you are client. If it doesn't, great. We've actually offended you and that has helped us distinguish between who is our core demographic and psychographic and who's not. So I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Well, you know what's weird though? Even hearing you say that, I'm like, all right, so we've got a little bit too far because 
the, the thing <laughs> is, is like someone might look at, say, an Instagram account and be like, you need to show more uh, inclusive bodies. And I'm like, I, I get, I, I understand what you're saying, but like, mm-hmm. th- you know, um, let me think about this. Do you remember when we were, when we met the first time, we talked about a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. music, people that yeah. inspire us and all this kind of stuff. Do you, do you follow any of like Simon Sinek stuff? I love Simon Sinek, okay. huge fan. Perfect. So this will be a segue I can actually use as a tangible um, kind of thing. So his first book, it starts with why. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite books, or I don't know if it was mm-hmm. first, but his book, my first book of his I read, it starts with why, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. The second book, The Infinite Game, I was like, not so much because I feel like they're odds at one another. If I was to say with Metabolic, we wanted to create the best strength and conditioning platform for uh, everyday go-getters and athletes past their sport looking to age powerfully. Um, mm-hmm. This is not an infinite game. I want to win or lose this game. I don't <laughs> want to just participate in this game. Mm-hmm. So help me out here. Like the weird thing is, and this is, uh, I don't know if I've done this on this podcast, but we have a really strong relationship with Lululemon and we've done a lot of work Mm -hmm. with them over the years. And, um, Mm -hmm. one of their early, um, one of their early taglines, I think was something to elevate the market through health and wellness or something Mm -hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And I had a store manager really challenge me and being like, you know, Brandon, you really need to think about uh, the direction you're taking this because your job is to elevate the market through mm-hmm. health and wellness. And I said, the fuck it is. That's, 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 that's <laughs> your company's tagline. Yeah. My company is to create the best strength and conditioning boutique experience on the market. Right. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. here, what I think is funny is like, if you are a, approachable um if your brand is approachability and inclusive inclusiveness and everybody Mm -hmm. is welcome which is an awesome thing Mm -hmm. it's actually your job in my opinion to understand what we are trying to do i actually Mm -hmm. don't i'm not this isn't true but i don't have to understand Mm -hmm. what everybody else is trying to do because my Mm -hmm. why is to do this Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's weird that I have to accept what everyone else wants to do as I am getting yelled at for what we are unwilling to do just because we are trying to find that niche. Like, do you see mm-hmm. – you can see why I'm struggling to talk about this because I'm, tr- I'm trying not to step on anyone's toes, yeah. but I'm just trying to say, listen, there's a lot of room in this industry, and we're just trying to do something mm-hmm. a little different. Please don't hate us. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? And also having a personality. I, I think sometimes a brand wants to be, you know, it wants to be so market relevant and based on market research that it ends up losing that identity, which is the, the definition, in my opinion, of identity is being somewhat unique and being different. And I think that's something that both jabs and body gets right. Um, we're not necessarily trying to be for everyone. I, I think, yes, jabs boxing is, is you know one of our core values absolutely is community and inclusivity and um, as i mentioned earlier that connection right however at the same time it's definitely not going to be for everyone 
you know and anyone that's trying to develop something where they're constantly looking at how can they grow their market share how, they, they're going to lose something and lose part of that identity it's almost like having groups of friends and it's okay you can have diverse groups of friends right sure but if you have friends that's trumpers and friends that's far left and again i don't want to get into politics but it's a good example <laughs> because unfortunately the republicans and the democrats are very far apart at the moment well they right? are so, i didn't know that <laughs> yeah, who knew, right? Yeah, I mean, the issue with that is like the one extreme creates another extreme, right? So sure. everyone just almost wants to, and this comes almost like gender equality. It comes to like maybe gender not even existing or whatever the, the case might be. It's like we want to put such a broad blanket over everyone that any, everyone almost loses their own identity through the, this type of propaganda. Yeah. So I, I love the fact that metabolic's like unapologetic, Sorry for my word, but fuck you. We strengthen conditioning boutique. And if that's not for you, then amazing. There's the door to F45. There's the door to Orange Theory, right? And if you really want a hardcore conditioning workout, which that's not hardcore. I mean, listen, I used to be, I didn't speak about this, but once I came back from my trip abroad um, after university, I, I did some bodybuilding as a junior. So I understand strength and conditioning because, of course, well, not necessarily functional because as a bodybuilder, you do a lot of isolation. Sure. And I used to do bodybuilding as a junior. But what I do appreciate is a proper bloody workout, one which creates DOMS, it creates a micro tears in the muscle, one which re requires proper nutrition and recovery. And I must say, metabolic gets that right. Like, so as someone comes from like, proper gym workouts, like almost like a bit of a weightlifter, if I can say that. Yeah, boutique fitness sometimes a bit of fluff for me. If that well, makes sense, you know, it's fluff. It does. We use that word a lot. Um, and here's the thing too, and you know where I did mess up is uh, metabolic's not exactly a it's not a hardcore workout. I mean, we play around with varied intensities um, and relative intensities, meaning like we have some days that are 100%, but we also have 80% grinds that are very different than anything in the industry. You know where I think I really messed up our messaging early? I leaned on a term, I leaned on terms, and I use these with you today because we're on this conversation, but I don't use them in branding and marketing anymore, and I don't use the word strength and conditioning because... I think if you apply that to the general public, conditioning really sounds athletic. Um, the other thing that's interesting, too, is we used to use the word athletic and athlete, um, and we didn't anticipate that that would put us into a place of, well, I'm not an athlete, or I was never an athlete. And in my idea, like everybody to a degree, you can be an everyday athlete, like a person that's always been – um, training their whole life, even though they might have not had a true mm. collegiate athletic or collegiate or athletic background. Now, where a lot of our messaging is going now, there definitely is a type of mindset that we thrive with. And mm. it's not mm. a body type. It's not an athletic pedigree or background. It is someone who is a type A kind of go-getter mm. that values structure. They value being mm. on time. They like mm. results. Um, mm. They don't need the high five to make their day better. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I don't want mm. to get my head bit off for saying high fives <laughs> are awful. But what I'm saying is our people show up 
to sweat beside like-minded people to get on with life, that beautiful mm. life that is outside of these doors. And we mm. really prioritize a certain mindset versus a body type. And that's kind of the, mm. the repairing mm. of reputation where I think using words like conditioning and athlete, it really mm. – um, it pushed us into you're not being approachable enough when it was like, no, 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 mm-hmm. we just want you to think and act like an athlete. You don't have to be an mm-hmm. athlete. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. weird because for me, that's one of the things that resonates with the metabolic brand for me personally is the fact that you set a very high standard, much like jabs, right? So for us at, at jabs boxing, you know, the standards we set is like we want to really teach you how to throw a correct punch. How to stance, your stance, you know, how, how to uppercut, how to cross, how to weave, how to kick, right? So all of those things are important to us fundamentally. But uh, I think this is where we're quite different. Um, for us, it is more about the fun and the experience. Yep. Where I think for metabolic, what I've appreciated about your work are coming from that place is that you guys are the purest. Like, and, and, and that's why I can, I, I can sense where you came from, from the strength and conditioning. Because when I did the work, I was like, wow. This is the, you know, this is proper, proper good conditioning and strength workouts. And I won't lie to you. I mean, I went to one of, I think it's the D, the D day that I did. And, um, durability, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, listen, slow, controlled. It was like grinding me down. Like, and ultimately, I'm not an unfit guy and I'm also a strong guy. And, you know, I had people with all different body shapes. And I think that's the thing people mustn't forget. It might sound like you've, Created such a niche which might speak to more people as athletic, but I must be honest. I mean, I saw some people who were pretty out of shape and having an amazing time. Absolutely, and you know, and people were like, and I'm sorry to say, out of shape, but I mean, like, they had their own weights. You know, the way that you guys structure that, where you know, you have a guy like me who could take some of the heavier weights, you know, in, in a metabolic workout, I and mean, you've got someone like some of the ladies that were training next to me that were clearly had more attention from the instructor. They had lighter weights. Um, there was some adjustments made to the workout. And I think that's what's similar between the two brands as well, because Jabs Boxing, we are all about modifications so that you can have the, the mother that used to have back problems, you know, and hasn't trained for 20 years. And she comes in and says, you know what? I want to train. I want to have fun. I want to connect. I want to get fit. I want to see results. However, you might sit, stand next to a guy that's eating the speed bag and, you know, he's killing it. Like, and he's been in shape all his life. And yet they can train alongside each other. And I think that is very interesting, right? Because if you think about fitness, it seems to feel to people that it is – something that is for people who can do it already, has done it, and continues to do so. And I might not fit into that because I haven't been training, for example. You know, and I think this is something that Jabs Boxing speaks to a lot. You get a lot of people who come to us, and, and I think that makes us different because if you go to Orange Theory, I must have been to a couple of classes, uh, and more than a couple, and every time I go, i like, wow, these people are fit. Like, all hip and happening. Like, I don't really see people that's, that much out of shape. Um, and that being said, you could say, oh, it's because the workout works. I and mean, we know that's not true, right? Like at least half the people in the classes, if they're not new, they probably signed up in the last couple of months. So, um, but the question is, what, what type of people do you attract? And when I was in metabolic for my workout, Brendan, and this I would say, I really saw that drive, that edge between your clients where I almost felt like, oh, I'm, I'm in a group of eight type personalities here, all pushing themselves, 
or keeping themselves to a high standard. And I thrive off of that because I am competitive, you know, and I am an A-type. And yes, I am an athlete. And I must say, there's not something else out there unless you kind of go into that kind of cross-functional, CrossFit-type workouts. That's almost the only other alternative you have other than, I guess, uh, you know, I know that Cut, cut 7 would be probably the closest to what I've experienced with you guys, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, like, and the other thing, too, is the scalability of um, the CrossFit model. Um, it can mm-hmm. be done well. Um, it's it's less of an attractive business model uh, just based on the mm-hmm. methodology. Um, mm-hmm. Cut 7 reminds me a lot of um, – place in uh manhattan which is really sexy and cool to look at tone house right Mm, but mm. for me like when you're creating something that is uh, a longevity play making someone Mm. tired is really easy that's that's not a hard thing to do Um, (laughs) you know but having someone uh, train for three years straight uninjured because of varied intensities Mm. it's it's a very different thing so I, Mm. i always find you know getting noticed and being loud that's an easy thing to do quick um, but if you want to keep people for a long time, you do have to think about their their progress. Mm-hmm. Now, to kind of bring this like full circle, is this this is what I think is 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 really great, and I wish a lot more people opened up um, to kind of like just understand outside of our clients, like what we are trying to do. We are very mm-hmm. we are much more everyday people than you would imagine. There just seems to be a different kind of mindset that gets them into our door. But guess mm-hmm. what? Our competitors that thrive on um, the 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 inclusive, everybody's welcome, team approach, high fives, like it is fantastic. It's fine. It's completely mm-hmm. good. But you do have to distinguish yourself. And here's the other thing that I like to talk about often, especially when we talk about growth and opportunity, when we are looking at potential franchise partners. Um, and I hope this isn't to, I, I don't want this to offend you or anyone on this side of it, but like the space that you guys play in, that Orange mm-hmm. Theory plays in, that F45 plays in, and, and the majority of boutique fitness plays in, I can make a strong argument that that's a very, very competitive space, right? There is a mm-hmm. lot of people fighting for that same consumer. And what mm-hmm. I'm trying to get the the doubters to understand is we see an opportunity targeting a, targeting a different group. It's your mm-hmm. group's fine. It's completely mm-hmm. good over here. We just see a great opportunity to offer something different. That is the value add we are bringing to the boutique fitness industry. Kind of that question I, I started with, you know, so mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I thought this was, a really interesting chance to kind of talk about mm-hmm. these things. People struggle to, um, people struggle to talk about. I will sit here as the co-founder of Metabolic and say that I do believe. I believe at times marketing for jabs is probably easier than what we are trying to do at mad because we have less people to reach and guess what that's fine i welcome that i welcome that opportunity you know so here this is an interesting segue let's do this because at times you are forced to be competitive and combative in comparing your products what are some give me a few fitness brands that you actually love 
that are mm. not jabs and not metabolic. So who in the industry do you respect and why? Yeah, I mean, I have to start with the giant out there, like the Goliath of um, Orange Theory. I mean, I respect that they've been able to scale at the speed that they have, yep. right? And, they've, you know, I love people who's innovated an in industry and really proven, like, the market cap capitalization potential is out there. You know, and, and also their ability to actually execute. Because I will say this, if you go to Orange Theory, the consistency is there, right? Um, they've got a very sales-driven organization. I respect that about them. Um, I mean, I know people, for some people, think sales is a negative word. But, I mean, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the life force of the business. Without it, you know, you have nothing. And I think they got that right. I really admire that about them. So I would absolutely say Orange Theory. I also love the, the fact that the workout is intense. It's also on a high level uh, in the sense that obviously it's very much cardio-based, very much the opposite of the likes of metabolic. Um, and I think there's a space for that. I mean, if you like running on treadmill, rowing, I mean, that's a fantastic Absolutely. workout for you. Absolutely. Especially if you're just in the business of you know dropping weight. And I think this is also something interesting, right? Weight loss versus fat loss mm-hmm. versus strength and conditioning. Those are very different concepts. And I don't 100%. know- 100%. Your typical boutique fitness consumer understands that so much. So, you know, I can imagine someone at an Orisuri burning quite a lot of muscle as well, right? If you're not taking in enough protein, if you're not recovering properly, because your cardiovascular intensity is pretty high, you know. And then, um, you know, so I respect them because they're Goliath. I think they've developed an incredible franchise system. They've scaled it. They've kept some, you know, high level of consistency. Um, and let's be honest, I mean, everyone can look up to them because they've really redefined an industry which we thought you know might have smaller potential than what it actually has um and then the other one i think that i that i really like is barry's barry's bootcamp i mean it's a you have to respect what they've done they've got a sexy brand i think especially what they've done on social media i mean to be honest the acquisition is largely because of that i think because the perception of the public although they were small they had a real nice uh, appeal, sex appeal almost, you know, and I, I think metabolic gets that right too. I must say this, is that it's sexy, it's something that's aspirational, and I know that you can't kind of tiptoeing around this topic, let's be honest, like, you don't want to be, like, grouped into a specific category of, like, athletes or, you know, but I think the A-type personality that you're talking about is an aspirational personality. Sure. Someone who's like, listen, I want something better for myself. I believe in the American dream and I want to look fit as fuck. No, so it's my language. You know? I, I agree. And I, I will, I will back, um, orange theory with, showed us what was possible. Um, mm. they also are one of the world's best guerrilla marketing firms that just chose fitness as a vessel and mm. they can, they can do the turn and burn game real well. So, um, mm-hmm. Again, I respect that for sure. Yeah, Berries was that first uh, very sexy product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Rumble's kind of following in their footsteps. I, I'm interested to see, kind of similar to Berries, when they got out of the A plus markets, and I'm interested to mm-hmm. see what Rumble Light looks like because it's not going to be that six thousand square foot studio in Manhattan or Chicago, mm-hmm. you know. So when we start hitting. Mm-hmm. Middle America, it'll be it'll be neat to see how they hold on to their brand. Um, you know mm-hmm. who uh, who I'll throw in there, um, kind of mm-hmm. similar to Orange Theory. I love watching um, F45's tenacity to continually mm-hmm. add celebrity to their product. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
I'm not here to argue, you know, what they're doing on the training floor, but just when you think Mm -hmm. you might be gaining steam on them, they add a David Beckham, (laughs) they add a Mark Wahlberg, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm like, I love that tenacity. They just added uh, Gunnar Peterson. So, you know, the fact that they are willing to um, continually invest to relevance the wrong word but to stay in the public eye and on top i think Mm -hmm. that's really cool what they do and then i always go back to this and people are always surprised when i mention them but one of my favorite brands um that's that 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 was an early on too was pure bar and Mm -hmm. you want to know why they have never they've never apologized about what they go (laughs) after they're not nice. saying, man, I really wish we could get some men in here and God, we, 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 we need to add weights or cardio to this product. They have uh-huh. dialed in their core customer better than anyone in our industry and they've never said, I wish we did this in addition to this. They do their mm-hmm. thing and they do it very well and they don't apologize. So it's it's hilarious because they've been able to do it very soft, right? Mm-hmm. Being um, the product that they are, but I don't mm-hmm. think they're very different than what, what we are with looking for a niche and sticking yeah. to a niche. They've just been able to do it very soft. So those are two companies that um, I have a big respect for, for two very different things, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and it makes a lot of sense because I can see how they're unapologetic, much like metabolic you know and i would say this about jabs you know yes we have a culture of inclusivity and a a more of a broader market appeal and again this is a bit of a broad generalization but you did mention that earlier and and i think that is there's also a space for that right for those people who feel you know what i like the fact that this is a varied workout you know it's not just focused on one thing and i think this is something people might misunderstand by the name Jabs Box, you might think, oh, well, this is really boxing intense. And, and sure, of course, boxing is a fantastic workout, especially if you want to burn calories, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if, you, if you like to you know, get some aggression out and like express yourself physically, it's a fantastic, fantastic workout. But yes, it leans to people who might have different preferences because you have that combination of cardio in there, you know, and also still some strength elements, absolutely not even close to the level of strength uh, that metabolic has, but I think because it is such a well-rounded and balanced workout, it does appeal to that wider audience. And it doesn't surprise me that you like the likes of Pure Bar, since they would be the opposite of a rounded workout. You know, they they are so focused on what they do, um, and it doesn't mean that the workout itself is not highly effective, of course, much like metabolic. But you guys are specialists in in that style of workouts. Um, where I would say we definitely appeal to more of a generalist market. And I think, I think that's the whole, the whole topic and focus and goal of, of this back and forth, right? Um, a lot mm-hmm. of times you are naturally forced to defend your product. And as I was talking about what drives me, Yes, I want to win. I'm sorry. That's my personality. I want to see <laughs> what I can do. I want. I, um, if you ever kind of follow the like that personality test, strength finders, like my number uh-huh. one is like significance. Like I want to do something that mm-hmm. I'm happy about, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. There's just as much as there's nothing wrong with the come in these doors, mom and pop approach. 
everybody mm-hmm. is welcome. That's mm-hmm. all fantastic. I think that was my mm-hmm. goal like today to just say that mm-hmm. <laughs> let's not be political. Like you're allowed to have mm-hmm. opposing ideas within a same thought. You know, it's completely fine or within a, within a same industry. Um, so I think and that, I would add to that, like it's not just okay, it is almost necessary. Yeah, because I do think those opposing thoughts almost sharpens each other. Those two polar opposites, like so, you know, the more there are people who might be special, highly specialized in their workout, and other people who might be highly generalized, you know, those opposing options almost creates a more, you know, bigger market for the fitness industry as a whole, right? Um, because you do get those people. Let's be honest, like myself, I, I never was into boutique fitness as a client or consumer because I, there was never something that spoke to me until you got these highly specialized purist types workouts like the likes of metabolic uh, and like the likes of CrossFit because those speak to people like myself who's then been brought into the fold mm-hmm. of boutique fitness and I wouldn't have been otherwise. Right? I would have been your big box gym consumer. 100%. And I, and I always say this, like when people – they notice kind of uh, maybe a harsh tone or position or what I hope to accomplish. The other thing I will say, and, and I've always believed this, the best training program is the one you do often. And even though <laughs> I may be biased towards what we do, if it isn't mm-hmm. attracting you to come into my doors on the regular, whatever gets you in the doors moving often that is your mm-hmm. best program, and there's a lot of options for those consumers out there. Absolutely. I think that's why ClassPass does so well, doesn't it? You know, that variety, at least I can like, stay committed and try different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people need to do that. Other people just want to find their one thing. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and that's totally fine as well. Well, listen, Bert, this was, uh, this is cool. We, we were all over the map a bit, but I feel like, um, it's funny. And for you guys listening, me and Bert met one another literally a month ago. Um, we were in Miami at, uh, corporate meetings, uh, and we, uh, he came out to dinner with the metabolic team and, uh, I got to, uh, spend, uh, the evening with, uh, with you and your, are you, are you married or engaged? I can't remember. Oh, engaged. Engaged. Okay. Soon to be married. And what was uh, your fiance's name again? Monin. Monin. Okay. So yeah, we spent pretty much the whole night together and we just really vibed. So one of the mm-hmm. things that I left with that night is we were, we had a lot of good talks about music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at one point I was wearing your earphones and you were, <laughs> you were introducing me to like a, a new song. So like knowing that we've uh-huh. only kind of met that one time is there anyone new i should be listening to or check it out right now oh i wouldn't say anyone new but maybe someone old you know like uh i'm not sure how you like like the original metal like metallica but uh i knew you're gonna ask me this question and i must say as a guitar player myself (laughs) um they are still the ultimate band and uh, the likes of uh, metallica is definitely something to revisit. I think they're almost out of fashion these days. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't listened to them recently, go listen to some of their riffs and their jams. I mean, they've just got such, I mean, if you're, if you're uh, someone who loves instruments, I think they're a fantastic band to listen to. And I do have some cool songs that I think is still very relevant today. Super talented. You know, uh, I know you didn't get to hang out with them as much that night, but that's Kirk's favorite band. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I swear to God, that's his favorite band. <laughs> um, well, look, good end. 
Yeah, I'll dive in. Um, I've always their their uh, their music. Um, I'm not a huge fan of them, but I always respect like what they what they can do with their instruments is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, here's here's some fun questions that we're gonna leave the leave everybody with. I always try to tee up some weird fun questions. So, <laughs> if you were not to wake up tomorrow, speaking of mm-hmm. music, what concert tickets would you leave, and who would you leave them to? Oh, what concert tickets would I leave? Oh, this is a great question. Do you know John Mayer? Oh, yeah. He is phenomenal live, and I'd leave it to my kids because uh, just this guy's pure passion, man. And I love his, like, you know, he's like blues, but blues meets popular culture, and he does that so well. And as someone who loves a guitar, he's just sexy on stage, man. And I don't want to sound uh, <laughs> sexual here, but I mean, oh, that's cool. like, I can respect. I can respect my fiance going like, listen, this guy's sexy. He's be- <laughs> music is beautiful. And um, I'd probably leave her the tickets, but I'd love my kids to go check him out as well. I was lucky enough to see him in that concert. So Very that cool. would be my pick. Yeah, I actually saw him um, probably about 10 years ago. I went to a Counting Crows dual headlining concert with him. I was more interested in Counting Crows, but um, uh-huh. he opened and was was extremely talented live. So he was cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. All right. I always send the this question in advance because it's a weird one, but I'm not sure if you're going to be able to answer it. What, what's the one question no one's asked you that, or maybe is too nervous to ask you that you're dying to answer? <laughs> yeah, this is, I thought about this for a while, and this is the question, right? So if you were to travel a mile south, a mile east and a mile north and you end up in the same place where did you start and where are you hmm. are you asking me that or are you going to answer your i'm asking question? you the, I, I, of course i want to answer because i've always waited for someone to ask yeah. this question and i'll tell you why it's an interesting question i once read i'm a huge fan of elon musk by the way he's born and raised in south africa so as you can imagine we're like the biggest fans of for what sure. he's done but I heard him ask, I read one of his books once and they said, yeah, this is one of the questions he asked everyone in an interview. I was like, okay, wait a moment. So you go a mile south, a mile east, a mile north, and you end up in the same place. I'm like, you must be on the north or south pole. And I was like, I have the answer. Someone just needs to ask me this question. And um, yeah, that's actually the answer, by the way. And I uh, hear yeah, Elon Musk ask all these um, new applicants or when he interviews them, um, this question as kind of a trick question to see if they can solve it. So, and I felt pretty smart at the time. And I was like, I think I have the answer for this. Yeah. Do you know what I think my answer would be? <laughs> no, what would that be? I think I'm still moving forward or hopefully I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> or trying to, I'm picking yeah. myself up and trying to get my feet moving forward. That's all. <laughs> awesome, man. One step at a time, right? Yeah. Well, listen, man, I know it was, um, this is a long one. I think I'm looking at the clock here. It's about an hour and 10 minutes, but um, second time we've got to hang out. Uh, You know, this one is over a phone. I hope to be down in South Florida someday soon um, so we can actually catch up and chill. But um, yeah, let's, uh, thanks for bringing everything to this talk. It was different, I think. We did it justice. Um, mm-hmm. I know it was a little bit choppy, but I mm-hmm. it's tough things to talk about that I wish more people in um, – I'm sure it's not specific to our industry. I'm sure it's business mm-hmm. in general. And, and you know what? Like you said, we, we kind of 
tiptoed around it, but like the temperature of the country is weird. The temperature of the world yeah. is weird right now. It's, mm. you, don't, you just don't know what you can talk about without offending yeah. someone. So thank mm-hmm. you. For, thank you for meeting me halfway and, and allowing me to, uh, awesome. to get some things off my chest. I really appreciate it, bro. Thanks for having me. Honestly, I feel honored. I mean, I look up to you. I look up to what you've achieved and just being part of the call was awesome. Really do appreciate it. And when you're down here, honestly, my, my well, then wife, hopefully, because we're getting married in March. Uh, nice. Hope, hopefully, uh, you and I can hang out a bit and you should bring your significant other with as well, hopefully. Will do. JJ's always ready for a trip, so she'll be happy to come. <laughs> so, hey. It was awesome, great, man. Dude. I'll uh, thanks we'll, so much. we'll sign off here and we'll we'll catch up soon. So thanks. Thanks, Brendan. I hope you got some good content there. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. Right, Cheers, Jen. Bye bye. This podcast is sponsored by Metabolic, the industry's first and only strength-driven interval training franchise. For more information, please visit metabolic.com. That is M A D A B O L I C dot com.